Hello and welcome listeners to D-Dog Talk. My name is Derek and in this podcast I explore things I've learned along the way in my oh so long life of 23 years. Man, looks like retirement is right around the corner. I also share bits of wisdom that I wish I knew when I was younger that might include in the field of acting or just the human experience. I don't have all the answers, but I do have opinions, and that, my friend, will pay your bills. So sit back, relax, kick those feet up, and enjoy the ride. Or uh, just have me as background noise while you cook spaghetti and clean your apartment. I can't tell you what to do. <laughs> all right. No. I. Well, did you write questions? No. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> It's kind of okay. just freeform. Good. Great. Good kid god. Why hey is, listeners. Why are, wait, wait, wait. I have one more question. Why is your sound <laughs> so much bigger than mine? My sound? Do you like see the, the bars? Sound bits? Yeah, the little Uh, I think they they look the same size to me. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a picture and we'll chat about it in the future. Hmm. Cute, and it's a blurry picture of you smiling. Okay, now I'm ready. My face, it still needs to wake up. Oh my gosh. When you, when you, when you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Your bars on that were insane. They're like mountains. (laughs) Am I allowed to do that during the podcast? Oh, for sure. This whole part, this whole part, like first part is going to be part of the podcast. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. I don't know if that's interesting for people. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listeners, this is episode three of D-Dog Talk, and I'm here with my good, good, good friend and my roommate for three years and also an artist, Janessa Iverson. Janessa, say hi. Hi. And (laughs) scene. (laughs) (laughs) Janessa is from Minneapolis or is currently in Minneapolis and I'm currently in Los Angeles and Janessa I titled this podcast episode showing up for yourself ooh ooh that's topical (laughs) topical (laughs) and the reason why I chose to uh, label it that is because I feel like in this artist's life, we have so many struggles and ups and downs and like moments of unmotivation and wavering, <laughs> both financially and like emotionally. Mm. Um, and I think showing up for yourself is the is the phrase that I've been writing in my journal. And I write in my journal every single day and mm. it helped me. And I'm wondering what showing up for yourself looks like when you are not, you know, feeling in your element or feeling like you're in the right sort of space? Yeah, that's such a good question, Um, especially because I think I'm really grappling with that right now because I just closed a show on Saturday. Um, It was I've been working at this theater for about 10 months straight. There was like a three week break in the middle there, but basically had just like been employed as a professional actor um for 10 months which is so exciting um and got kind of used to that and then now (laughs) 
I'm unemployed. Whoa. <laughs> um, like I, I've obviously been auditioning a lot and nothing, nothing landed directly after this. Um, and I'm, I'm still auditioning. It's a constant process as I'm sure you Derek know and other listeners know. Um, but that, that can be really hard, like getting in your head about things, um, thinking like, well, now that project's done, like, what am I going to do next? Um, and even in my personal, like, not just financial, professional artistic endeavors, but also my personal artistic endeavors, I encounter a lot of just negative self-talk. Um, so I think that this concept of showing up for yourself is <laughs> really relevant for me right now. <laughs> And something that I honestly am struggling with, I think. I I think that closing a show, any show, whether it's short or long, professional or just like community theater or whatever, collegiate, um, closing any show is a grieving process, at least for me. There's the bitter and the sweet. Um, and I'm happy to have like more time on my hands, but I'm going to miss the people, the practice of doing what I love. And so I think what I've been trying to find is like, how do I keep my art alive? Even when Mm. I'm not actively either rehearsing a job or, you know, being paid for my work, like how do I keep my love alive for the theater? Um, And it's, it's also kind of ironic that I'm saying this right now because I am, I do have three stipend (laughs) jobs lined up actually. (laughs) But not in performing. I'm music directing two children's shows um, and choreographing my first adult show this coming spring. And so that that feels really good. And that's like I'm showing up for myself in a different way, I think, for the first time ever, like really stepping into teaching because um, both of my parents were teachers and it's it's uncharted territory for me. I kind of just threw a lot at you there. (laughs) Hey, no, I love it. I just wanted to give you space to like you for you to speak and whatever was on your mind. And there are so many talking points just in that alone that I want to like dig deeper into. But I don't want this to feel like an interview and more just two brains coming together and connecting and just trying to to a figure out what they're going through, but also maybe land somewhere where they both never knew they would be able to land and. Mm, I think snaps for that. (laughs) Collaborative conversation. Collaborative. But I I feel like this is just a theme that I've been learning out here being on my own too. It's just like Mm. once you go into different areas that you have been curious about or you weren't even, you know, thinking about falling into like choreographing or teaching, it can't help but influence you know your performing because it's a different perspective and it's a different like Mm. experience you're adding to your arsenal of this is my life and life is art art is life kind of thing right but I have a sort of area I want to go to and that is for listeners right now if they're like friends and family who do know you they know your background where you came from your education how you grew up why you chose to go into performing but for people who don't um yeah just just dive into like, why did you choose art? Where'd you go? And how'd you get to where you are? That's a great question. I'll give you a little snippet. Um, So 
I'm the youngest of four daughters, and both of my parents um, were music teachers. They're both retired. Um, and my mom taught grade school for a while, but also music. My dad was a band director. So growing up, music was always just a naturally huge part of my life. You know, like we sang our prayers before we ate. Um, we sang harmonies in church together every Sunday, sometimes performed music that my mom would write. And so that was like the active writing music was kind of nature versus nurture handed to me as well. Um, through my mom, I would say that, um, that it was never a foreign concept to me. Like I wrote my very first song in third grade. Uh, what's it called? It was what was it called? Leopard gecko. <laughs> <laughs> Cause a friend of mine had a leopard gecko and I just had like a dog and 16 cats. So I thought that a gecko was like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> um, and then also I somehow made it like this religious allegory as well. <laughs> kind of a really bizarre song, but it was, you know, as a third grader, it was pretty cute. Probably not as an adult, maybe. Um, but um, so I got into writing music and really sunk my teeth into that. Um, especially in high school, I think, and have been doing that ever since. I just wrote a song last night. Actually, I was home alone with Derek and I's cat, dude, <laughs> who loves it when I play. He's not like meowing through my stuff. He's actually really, he just squints. He's a squinty cat. Um, and yeah, I wrote a song last night. I, wow, I'm sorry. I'm like losing track of <laughs> Oh, no, don't apologize. Yes, how I got into art. Um, So I moved to Germany after high school for a year, took a gap year because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I was seeing this production of Aladdin in German that I couldn't even understand um, because I had only been there for a couple weeks and didn't speak the language yet. Um, And even though I didn't know what they were saying, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I should be on stage right now. Like, I miss that so much. And put in the steps to audition and fly home and land myself being at UMD. And that's where Derek and I met. Um, Yeah, and kind of decided that theater arts is maybe where I belong, at least right now. Um, Because, you know, and here's that negative self-talk again. I I think I have a lot of skills that are, like, I'm, like, kind of good at some things not really good at one thing, but kind of good at a lot of things, you know what I mean? And what's beautiful about the theater is that you can kind of find a place for all of those things. Um, Like my first professional job here in the cities, I think probably a big reason why I was hired is because I play instruments. Um, I'm a guitarist and sing of course as I mentioned but I dance too and act too and so there was like a lot of different layers there and so I think what I like about theater art in particular is that it's pretty vast and it it fits my needs um but what draws me to art in general is the humanity of it which sounds so cliche but like I don't know I I think we have such limited time on this earth and I, I want to sink my teeth into that. I want to chew on that. Um, and I think that art is 
the best way to do that. Mm, and that is the end of the podcast, everyone. Thank you for listening. <laughs> There's no way I could top that. That no, was... that's not true. I've already heard you say things to top that. That's just that should be in a book right there. That whole entire like paragraph. Your just philosophy of pursuing this art and is just something I admire, and I think has had no doubt effect on me. Like going to college with you and living with you. Your mm -hmm. philosophy has no doubt like seasoned me. I'm a little chicken and you seasoned me with your philosophy. <laughs> yes, my, my hen-like features. <laughs> <laughs> this is another facet of Janessa that I just love and I thought I'd share is that she has played so many animals in her <laughs> performance career. It is insane. Why do you think that is, Jen? <laughs> I think it's because I'm more of an animal than a human myself. <laughs> I'm actually playing with my boyfriend's dog right now <laughs> as we Aww. speak because she like she'll probably bark and go insane if I don't. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I love playing non-human things. I mean, I've been I've been a monkey, a cow. I was a cow, milky white, and into the woods. I've been um, a dodo bird. <laughs> A zombie, a werewolf, like dang. And I, I think it's fun. It's it's uh it's a stretch. It's I think what I love about that is that it's like a stretch of the imagination, like hmm. mind, body, voice. You get to use all of those things in a way that you don't daily allow yourself to, which is cool. Yeah. Jen, you covered a very, I want to go back to it. You were talking about how you have a lot of layers like an ogre and that you can do so many different things. And you said that you weren't like super good at those things, but you weren't like necessarily like super bad at those things. And how did you get to the point where you were okay with not being, you know, the best at a certain facet? And should we strive to be the best at that? I think this is I think this is a constant constant process for me because literally right before we were recording this podcast um my boyfriend Kyle and I Kyle is an amazing instrumentalist um he has his masters in guitar performance but also plays like bass banjo mandolin um a whole bunch of stringed instruments but we had just made this arrangement of something to talk about by Bonnie Raitt, kind of pulled it back a little bit. And I love, I love to arrange things in unprecedented ways in like exciting ways. Um, and so we were just recording this. Um, so we had like a live recording, which we hadn't done yet. We had already done like a sit down edit type one at a time recording. Um, <clears throat> which also meant I had to sing the whole thing front to back. I guess I did that for the other recording, but today for whatever reason, like my voice just wasn't landing with me. Um, and I was having a lot of this, like, God, I wish I were a better singer or whatever, wish I could do X, Y, Z better, or wish I sounded like this person, um, which is such a dangerous place to get into because 
because first of all, every voice, if we're talking about the voice, every voice is different and valid and it should be different um, because I'm not going to go listen to, I don't know, Adele if I want to hear Louis Armstrong. You know what I mean? Those are two totally different voices. Um, so we have to appreciate where we're at and what we have. And I think when we do that, then we have space to grow and to get better and to seek out the training that we need. And so, God, what was, what was the initial crux of your question? I don't even remember now. It's, it's, uh, you having so many things you want to be, you know, a master at and being okay Mm. with not being a master at that thing. And if the pursuit of that can get, uh, you know, toxic. I think, um, I think what I've realized lately is what I want to master as a performer is my versatility. And that comes with being okay with things not being perfect which is really hard because I think I grew up like I have to do every test a hundred percent and whatever every every area of my life just felt that way and um and I like to explore a lot of different things but I think god we're so much at least I'm so much happier when I let go of this like perfectionism idea a little bit more and enjoy what I'm doing um and like I said, for me personally, I just like, I like to have an array of different things that I enjoy doing. Hmm. That's a guts. Because I, I have this, this metaphor I keep in my brain is, you know, there are certain things that you're curious about and you've tried and you've realized that maybe it's something I do enjoy, but it's not something I want to be you know, the best I can be at that. I just want to have that, you know, thing be there to, you know, fulfill that curiosity. And Mm. I feel like the things you want to be a master at, you know, like for me, that's I want to be as good as I can get at acting. So that's Mm. why I moved to LA. That's why I'm hyper focusing on this thing. And, you know, that's why I'm going to take this class later tonight and, you know, continue to further my education is because that ceiling that I want to get to keeps moving because there was the mm-hmm. I we talked about this me me and Janessa had a FaceTime the other day that was like a whole hour and could have been this podcast episode but there were so many great things we touched on in that in that conversation that I, thought, I just wanted to hold on to it and bring it to this space and you know hopefully share it with other people and share that wisdom that we've come to know is is that Oh man, what was I talking about? <laughs> it's completely lost. I lost it. Um, no, it was it was getting it was like mastery this, uh, of mastery, something. yeah, something acting craft, and just and that like thing is going to keep okay moving and being okay with that. You know, like there's that thing you want to be the best that you can be in, in your field. At least I think we can't help but feel that way because that's how the schooling system is. I mean, like everyone wants to get an A. Everyone wants to get 100%. So, hmm. yeah. Oh, wait, can I, can I say something? <laughs> yeah, take the ball. <laughs> um, pass on the ball. This is so interesting to me because Kyle and I had recently been talking about this concept of um, process versus product 
and I think that really comes into play here. Um, he really enjoys cooking. I hate cooking. <laughs> he is so good at cooking. I remember having tacos with you guys. Cook. Oh my God. The food is so good. Um, and honestly, I think the reason it tastes so good is because he's like willing to undertake the process and he enjoys the process furthermore you know and i just sit in the kitchen and read german to him or chop a carrot or do some <laughs> dishes or something because i'm like <laughs> not super useful <laughs> um i shouldn't say that i am i am useful you um, are worthy you're useful you're yes, enough <laughs> i'm not as experienced nor nearly as interested as he is so i'm like i'm more apt to just like throw in some spaghetti from a box whereas he's like he loves to make the noodles from scratch type cooking um which obviously we don't always have the time to do that but this got this conversation rolling about process versus product that like is do we do things because of what we get out of it or because of the process of doing that thing creating that thing um, and I think today the two of us recording music is a great example of like, the product doesn't have to be perfect. I had to remind myself of that, but the act of starting to like record the music that we create, cause I've been creating music forever, but it's not available to anybody except like myself and the few <laughs> friends and family members that I've sent it to, which is so sad. Um, cause there are a lot of like cool things that I've done. Um, there are so many I cool things it. that you've done. Can I just take a break here and tell the listeners, Janessa is one of the best songwriters I know today. And there are so many times in college, I would, our rooms would be like one hallway, not even a hallway. It was like two feet apart. And I could hear her playing her guitar and just, you know, songs she would share. There's, I wish everybody could hear every song she's ever written because you have a, such a beautiful, not only perspective of the world, but an interesting way of composing music. And mm. I think nowadays there's just, there's great music coming out, but I think your sound is, is very unique to listen to. Thank you. No, I really appreciate that. Especially because I can talk myself out of that a lot of times. Um, but I think it, it comes back then to that conversation of process versus product. Cause like I've shown you things where it's like only half a song or like, the hook or first verse and chorus or something. Um, I have a ton of music that I've never even finished, but the act of working on those things, of practicing that skill of exercising that part of my brain and my relationship with my guitar or piano or whatever has improved my songwriting tenfold. And so when I do decide to like sit down and finish a product or layer harmonies into it or whatever. Um, I just think it's so much better because I've allowed myself to appreciate the process in the last like decade and a half, you know? Hmm. That's just life, man. I mean, it, it can go from your craft to enjoying, you know, the process and enjoying the training and enjoying doing the job, but that's just enjoying the process is, is sort of just another way to say enjoying life and being in the moment and enjoying that and mm. showing up for yourself is 
is another way to say being in the moment and and with everything that you bring, like with all the feelings, with all the shit you've gone through yesterday and with all the things you want to accomplish tomorrow, everything and just showing up with all of that and feeling that and being okay with that. Because I think I I recorded this episode, episode three, showing up for yourself earlier, like two days ago, and it was like only 17 minutes, but I had to stop because I, I, it was, I was talking about like a bad day at work and the things I was mm. saying was very negative and didn't feel like it would help anybody. So I just ended up archiving that. And the reason why I'm titling this the same thing is because that idea of, you know, I had to get that out. I had to, you know, record it and then listen back to it and think, mm-hmm. why am I feeling this way or why am I processing it this way? And then I wanted to be in this space with someone with one of my best friends ever in my entire life, who knows me more, who knows me better than probably anybody. So I wanted to have this like vulnerable space created Mm. where we can each share what we're like both going through. Cause I did move, you know, halfway across the country about, was it a month ago? About like a month and and 10 days, month and a half almost. So it's been a while since I've seen you and yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. I know that we're not ending it here, but like, I just wanted to say thank you. Super happy. Yeah. I think, um, I think you brought up some really good things there. Well, first of all, I should have asked you this a long time ago when you first asked me the question of like, what does it mean to show up for yourself? But what does that look like for you? And then I'll kind of cash in on the little nuggets that I have stored in my brain. <laughs> the little nuggets, the little chicken little nuggets. nuggets. Yeah. And what does that mean for you? Um, Because I feel like that's one of those questions that a room full of 100 people could interpret each in their own way. Hmm. I think think this podcast, honestly, is me showing up for myself because it's a project that I've always wanted to do or thought about doing. And it took – and I just – it's just being consistent with what I promised to myself. You know, like mm. I promised I would do an episode every single week. And here we are in episode three. And it's also, mm. you know, taking care of myself and realize when I'm feeling like I'm about to burn out. You know, like I did so many shifts at work. I just did so many self-tapes. And I still have more things I need to do and I should do to get ahead. But all I want to do right now is just like lay down and like watch a movie or do something that you know is just relaxing and being okay with doing that so that's also showing up for myself is is also just another way to say being in balance you know balancing the things in your life Mm -hmm. because there are so many things and habits that i want to you know get better at um like going to bed at 10 p.m and waking up 7 a.m instead of waking up at like 10 a.m or 11 a.m and all these random things that i want to get better at and I have accomplished some of those things, and I still have more things I want to accomplish. And also just, I think it's similar to your philosophy of just being in the process of things and being okay with being in the process is showing up for myself because I there's so many, so many times when I'm overthinking or overthinking to the point of inaction, you know, there are too many things I want to do and too many things I need to do and just not doing them because A, you're procrastinating and just not taking action. So like, you know, episode one was about taking action and episode two was about, I think, like celebratory 
wins. And then this one is about, you know, when you're down in the dumps and feeling like shit, how do you show up for yourself <laughs> even then? So mm-hmm. even then, I'm still like figuring it out. And I think the process of talking about it is still me figuring it out, you know? Oh, absolutely. I think, um, yeah. So I, what I would touch on there, I think what's so important in terms of showing up for oneself is that you take care of yourself, like basic human needs. <laughs> is, for me, like sometimes that is hard, like getting enough sleep and eating like regularly food that is going to fill me up um, and be nutritious for my body, you know. And obviously, like, there, you should allow yourself flexibility in those things. You shouldn't just, like, I'm only going to eat lettuce and I'm always going to sleep nine hours. This is a new voice. I'm never going to party with my friends. Which, if that's your walk of life, by all means, do it. Um, but, you know, everything in moderation including moderation in the words of Oscar Wilde. But I think Mm. just like taking care of yourself, like even if you look at like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like if that bottom of your pyramid, like sleep and food and water, hydrate people. um, If that's not being met, you can't achieve all of the things on top of that. So like friendships even, love um passions and hobbies and then you know at the very top it's like this whatever you think god is or you know it's like peak understanding but it's it's hard to show up for your craft and for yourself if you're not showing up for your basic needs so i'm really glad you said that um and also like like you said just having a conversation a dialogue Because we talked about this over the phone the other day that one of the classes that we really missed, miss now from college is our theater history class, which is mostly just like, it was such a good class. I always loved that class. Um, Just because, I don't know, I like talking. I like hearing other people talk. (laughs) And there's so much to be learned from history of all kinds. But theater history is so interesting because, like I said earlier, like art, art, I crave art because of its humanity and its reflection of humanity. So if you take that in a historical perspective of like, these are the pieces of art that have been reflecting their times for the last however millennia, um, you learn so much. You learn so much about how humans have changed and how they haven't changed, you know. Um, so yeah, we got kind of off topic there, but the conversation, that's what I meant. The dialogue that you are seeking right now by doing a podcast and giving yourself time to like even record 17 minutes of something that was just for you. That's also super valid and really necessary sometimes. It's like me writing half a song, you know, you recorded Mm. half a podcast that you might never put out into the world. But you said all of the things you needed to say in that moment. You put them in a microphone and you can listen back later if you need to or just let it go, depending on what you want or need. Dang, that was like some free therapy right there. Thanks, (laughs) Jen. See, this is why you're one of my good friends, because you just know how to talk me off of. (laughs) Talk me off of. It's ironic because I'm reeking with depression. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you know, depends on the day. Everybody knows. We've all got those days. Everybody has those days. The song that I've been, my happy song that I listen to when I'm here is Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Middle school dreams. Middle school dreams. Insert audio clip here of Miley Cyrus. No, it's, I love her so much. She's an icon. Yeah, and because I think she shows up for herself in the sense that she just doesn't give a shit. You know, she was like, she grew up in this really boxed picture, you know, that probably yeah. her family yeah. wanted her to live in. And then I I see Party in the USA as like her coming out of that box. Like that was the moment when I was like, oh, this is not Hannah Montana. This, this is <laughs> you know not. What I mean? <laughs> And then she's been just kind of doing whatever the hell she wants ever since, which is, I don't know, there's something, something exciting about that. Something scary about that, but Mm. also something like worth perhaps learning from. I came across this, this TikTok the other day, and there was this lady talking about fear and how to do things. You're always going to have fear, but fear and danger are two different things. Like you can do something and there could be some danger element of it. Or you could do something and there's a fear element of that, but you're not going to get necessarily hurt by that. And fear sure. is just this construct in your mind that you can just to do things, even if you are scared and take risks, because even if you don't take those risks, 10 years are going to go by and you're going to, you're going to pivot every time you face fear and adjust and then who are you at that point if you don't take the risks you you need to take in order to grow and that's the thing I've been struggling with even today is just not to get comfortable necessarily in your routine of life I mean Mm. sometimes yeah but like even today I like realized hey I'm living my life sort of on autopilot sometimes and to sometimes sit down and to question how to like adjust your schedule or to adjust your life in order to reach the goals you want to reach. Because there are certain things I just do subconsciously and I'm like, why do I do that? That's not going to serve me. I can change that and do something different. So, Hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to do that sometimes too and also just to let be. Oh my God. I have to say this. This oh, here's an. Oh my god! <laughs> I just had a light bulb. Um, Helga, love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I just started this book. Um, that I maybe I mentioned to you over the phone too. It's called Nero Dharma. Um, can't remember the name of the guy who wrote it, so that's really useful. <laughs> find the book anywhere (laughs) i checked it out at the library had this like very like almost spiritual moment of like the book like called to me it just levitated Um, to you in your arms and you're like this is it like you know when you're like in a library and you're just looking around and this one book just is like oh (laughs) check me out please (laughs) you know what i mean and so I was like, I got to check out this book, man. And I read one chapter um, and really for a couple of days have been allowing myself to like process that information. Um, but one of the things it's, it's about like neuroscience kind of meeting 
Buddhist principles. Just for a little context, and again, I've only read one chapter of this book, so that's a very loose understanding of it. But I think it'll be great in um, introducing myself to the concept of walking meditation, so allowing myself to like think and chew on things like in my everyday life, not just like sitting down and doing a little om action or something, because um, not all meditation is like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But the one of the principles in this first chapter um, was let be, let go, and let in. Um, and so basically this is like whenever you're feeling some type of way, you know, first you allow yourself to like have those feelings because feelings are inevitable. Derek, we've talked a lot about this, that like, they happen. Things in life happen. They're not always awesome. And so we're not going to always feel awesome about how those things happen. So allow yourself to feel those things. Why am I feeling this way? And like, what is it really that I'm feeling? Um, and just kind of allowing that to be. And then, you know, once you take a time to look at it, then you can start to let it go. If it's something that you're ready and willing to let go, you know, and that could take time. Everybody's different. Every situation is different. Um, and once you let go, then you can start to let in other feelings of like compassion, even compassion for yourself and patience. Um, and what like the best way that I remembered this is the picture that he painted in the book of like looking at your mind like it's a garden. So first you observe the garden. You say, this garden is beautiful. It has some weeds, but it's here. This is my garden. Um, I could have fruit come from my garden, you know. And then then pulling out the weeds and then planting the flowers or tomatoes or whatever you want in your garden. <laughs> but like allowing for that whole process to happen because those plants aren't going to grow very well if there are a bunch of weeds absorb absorbing their space, you know. And so just like, but sometimes there are weeds and weeds come out of nowhere. So like knowing how and when to do that and just like taking care of your mind like you would a garden, like you would for a host of other living creatures that do so much for this earth. And I think that was really beautiful. And I think that also speaks so well to this concept of showing up for yourself and your mental health. I think coming out of a pandemic, we're all just like grappling with how to come back to our mental health or how to find it, you know, if we never even really knew it in the first place. Mm. There's so many good points you said in that, that snippet right there. Holy smokes. That metaphor of the garden, chef's kiss. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. It is beautiful. I totally recommend the book. I don't know if the rest of it's any good, but I would assume. <laughs> process it's a process like everything else in life it's a process yes yes there is a there's a point i want to touch on in this conversation and that's when you started out you know graduating and going to minneapolis to pursue you know your professional career in the arts is there something you've learned thus far since then that you wished you've knew like sooner whether that be career-wise or 
mentality wise, et cetera? Mm. That's such a good question. I would say for anyone who is seeking to make their art um, also an income, uh, two things. First of all, make sure you have another income. <laughs> like, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Serving or, you know, Derek's like, got this podcast thing going. We'll see where that goes. Like, just have something else going because you're not always going to be employed all the time. Um, and like, even when I was making a full paycheck, I still needed other things to supplement my income, which sometimes was still art, which was really cool, like more teaching and whatever. Um, but I would say that, and also, um, I think it's hard once you get a job that like does pay you and you're like, yes, I'm living the dream. (laughs) And then it's like a five month long run or longer. And you're like, okay, I'm doing the same thing every day. Um. And sometimes it can be easy to like lose track of, first of all, your gratitude for what you're doing. And second of all, your passion for what you're doing and why you stepped into that world in the first place. And I think it's really important to sometimes do the thing, make the art, not because it puts food on your table always, you know, sometimes it will, thank God, but sometimes to do that just because you love it, you know? And I have friends like we just closed once upon a mattress at the old log theater which was a consistent paycheck and they're doing a production of the wedding singer at another theater and it's just stipend work. Um, so it's like, I don't know, probably doesn't even pay for their gas getting to and from the theater for rehearsal and performance, but they're doing it because they love it. And for that reason, they will continue to get better at their craft. And so it like doing something because you love it not only is just healthy for you, but it will pull through for you in the long run, just like even the practice of it. That's yeah, that would be my takeaway from the last year. Hmm. Yeah, you never know what experience could lead to another experience because that, that has happened a couple times in my career where I've done, you know, like a small job or something for free even, and then meeting those people and them getting to know you. And if you're nice, open, and Mm -hmm. authentically who you are, not putting on something, people want to work with those kinds of people and they will Mm -hmm. call you back if they find something that suits you. I mean, like even now moving here, I got an email from someone I haven't even heard from for over a year and a half. But Mm -hmm. they knew who I was. They kept me on record and they asked me to read something for in Minneapolis. But I had to say no, obviously, because I'm here. Mm. And it's like you never know when connections or people you meet, you know, advance to higher positions. And they think, oh, I remember that person I worked with. And we did this small show that was unpaid and couldn't pay our gas. But now I'm doing the show at this theater. And I remember doing a show with that actor. And I want to call them in, you know, to read. So it's like this business is... I find it's so much about networking and I think that's mm, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta network man that's the only way because like you can be the greatest actress or actor of all time and have all these talents but if you're not networking if you don't know the business you're missing out on a ton of things because your pool of 
people who see you needs to just expand because I don't know. I guess that's just the way I yeah. think about my career. <laughs> totally. And I think on top of that, just being kind. Like, rule number one, don't yeah. be an asshole. Because, <laughs> like, you know, people remember your kindness, but they'll remember everything else, too. Um, So just, like, be nice to people. There's no reason not to be. Mm. You know what I mean? And that, honestly, that'll get you so far. Just being, like, fun to work with. Or at the very least, pleasant, you know? <laughs> at the very least. You don't have to be, like... A bubble machine, but don't be like, don't be a gem sock. <laughs> you know what I'm two things. <laughs> Pretty side clear visual. <laughs> bubble machine or gem sock, no in between. You're either or. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I don't know. Show up for yourself, show up for other people. I mean, being kind can only reciprocate more kindness. Even if it's not immediate, you know, hmm. I just, I just think that's so important. It's how I was raised, but, and obviously sometimes we fall short of that. And so you got to give yourself grace when you lose your patience and, you know, but do your best, just keep doing your best to be the best and to be kind. And to, cause like, Sometimes I need a reminder of that all the time, you know, to be kind, to do your best, because I forget about it. And it's it's a quote that you hear once and you're like, yes, I have it. I understood it. I'm going to do it. And then two weeks go by and you forget about those simple sayings of, you know, do your best, show up for yourself, be kind, all those little things. And it's so easy to roll your eyes about that and think, oh, this is you know, just some whoopee cushion flake, like cotton candy on top or whatever. You know what I mean? Life is hard and cold and realistic. And sometimes it is, but those little things. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you said whoopee cushion. I couldn't help myself. I know. Continue, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Because like, I don't even know why I said whoopee cushion, but you know what I mean. And it, And it's just sometimes you need that reminder. And this podcast and this conversation is a reminder for me. And I think that's also why I created this space is because I think nowadays, at least artists, especially coming out of the pandemic and we're in this self-tape world, we're not going into rooms and, you know, doing self and doing auditions and meeting people and meeting other actors and then connecting with them. We're, we're missing so much. Um, and I miss that space and I miss these conversations and I miss these these places of, you know, where it feels safe to say what's going on inside your brain, because I feel like we need that in order to comprehend it and to like live it. So that's why that's another reason why I started this podcast. Here I am, episode three, still justifying why I'm starting this podcast. But <laughs> sometimes we need that, you know, sometimes you and do. Like, sometimes you need a friend to justify it too. Derek, I think it's really cool that you're doing this. It's I mean, I did not know that podcasts were, like, accessible to the everyday uh, human. <laughs> I was going to say man, but that feels very limiting um, and binary. Um, I didn't know that that was just, like, accessible to your average person. Um, mm. And then you're like, yeah, I'm just going to start a podcast. So <laughs> if you ever want to be on it, 
Very sure. But really cool. Like that's it's such an interesting medium, and I think people are really kind of holding on to that right now, like with the mm-hmm. pandemic and everything. Um. Yeah, and that's. I, I I'm sorry. I I no, don't be sorry. I the reason like I struggled starting it is also just trend wise. There are just so much short film, like short attention span bits of content, you know, like TikTok and Instagram reels and all these little things. And you're bombarded with all these things. And I feel like we, at least personally, I miss, you know, long form conversations, whether it's, you know, something like this where you can, or even just class and just sitting down and being with, you know, maybe a concept or just a train of thought for longer than two minutes three minutes so that's why i think i fell in love with this medium and i want to continue doing it so thank you for being my first guest i'm so happy that you're my first guest but i have i have one final question for you and that is what is something what where do you want to go in your career or what is the farthest thing you want to achieve if you could do anything Mm. Uh, ooh, this is a tough question. I think I have, like, two baby answers. Um, one of them being, I would really love to do cruise work someday. I've always been curious about it. I did a cruise as, like, a young kid. Um, almost too young to, like, really comprehend what was going on. It was my grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary, and they'd been saving their whole lives because they had lived in Bermuda with my parents for six years super random factoid about my life um and they're like we've been married forever we're doing this cruise for the whole family to go see bermuda which is so awesome um and yeah hadn't really thought about cruises since and then i remember someone mentioning it in college i was like oh that sounds awesome um because i love to travel i always have i it's been my dream to like be paid to travel. <laughs> and I know that cruise work entails a lot of other things, at least from what I've heard, you know, and that can be a lot of work depending on what you're doing. Um, and I, I think I grapple with that too, because it's obviously so bad for the environment. <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to change that on my own. Um, especially if I'm not like purchasing it, I'm just working there. So that's like my own mental struggle that I'm going on with, but I'd like to at least experience it once. I think, I think that's a pretty sweet goal of mine, but I also like struggle with this concept of like long-term goals because I think what I find even in my short term is like auditioning for a project and like, Ooh, I got the callback and like, here's this like big glowing thing that I want, you know, this casting and then you get it and you're like, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> I got to work. And then it's done. <laughs> and it, in a way it almost like removes for me, at least it almost removes the joy of the rehearsal and the performance process and kind of inserts like a ton of anxiety for me personally. This is not true for everybody else. Um, and maybe I'm inhibiting myself by thinking this way, but like, I'm not out here like, oh, I need to be on Broadway. Maybe just I don't believe in myself enough, or maybe it also just comes back to this conversation we had earlier about 
process versus product. For me, doing the art, it's a lot about the process. Um, I grappled with being an artist, a theater artist, for a long time because it felt it felt really like selfish, like a selfish career choice. Because, I mean, in high school, there were a thousand things I was thinking of doing, like um, interpreting or like brain surgery was up on my list for a while. Nutrition science, like the most random. Um, and now I'm a professional actor. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, Jen, like that is so selfish of you to be just like enjoying your life. And why why do you feel people. that way? Well, that's the thing is that um, I think I discovered like for a while I was like, I have to do like, these really sad plays about the human experience and like (laughs) and then in college I feel like I did nothing but that and I just like acquired this rippling depression and then the pandemic hit and I was like okay it's the end um but it's not and I have done nothing but fluffy musical theater since my first show out of college was spam a lot (laughs) (laughs) And I played the guy who got his head chopped off. So, you know, there's my <laughs> there's my deep theater experience. But um yeah, I I did that show. It was the first thing coming out of school, like coming out of the pandemic, which I don't know, we're still like rolling in on fire sometimes, it feels like. But so many people in all of these shows that I've done have come up to me afterwards and just been like Oh, thank you so much. That was such a fun show. I really needed a good laugh today. And that, oh my God, like even just saying that, like kind of brings me to tears a little bit because there have been so many days in the last three years now when all I needed was a good laugh. And I can tell you, listeners, that Derek Hawk has pulled through many a time on that need. Um, God, sometimes you just need a good laugh. And so if I can make that happen for people, that's amazing. You know, they say that art is either here to comfort the afflicted or afflict the comfortable. Hmm. And I think I want to find a balance of doing both of those things in their own time. What quote is that from? We read that in a book, right? I don't know. Someone smart said that. Someone smart. I think a lot of people said that. (laughs) Yeah, I can't remember the author of the book I was talking about. Good luck. Use Google. Go, go for it. That's that was beautiful. What you shared. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I also struggle with the same thing of, am I being selfish? You know, pursue this career continually. Like, am I being selfish not getting a higher paying job to support my family? You know, future down the road. Am I just mm-hmm. indulging in this passion of mine? And am I mm. ignoring other strengths of mine? You know, because like right now I'm looking for a second job because I have to, because I need to, they're cutting hours and I need a second job. And then right now I'm going through a lot of discovery of trying to figure out what else am I capable of and what else am I, what other skills do I have? Because all I have is a BFA in acting. And I think when we went to school for that, we were sort of pigeonholed in the idea that you have to commit yourself to this career and sacrifice everything and just 
right. solely focus on it. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. And that concept mm-hmm. was drilled into our heads by, and it, Many now people. I'm discovering, you know, being in this business now is that if your sole focus is to be in theater and you're ignoring all the other facets of who you are, yeah. that's just going to inhibit you. I mean, mm-hmm. even the concept of needing, like logistically wise, you need a main hustle. You need something to support you financially to eventually get a house, get a family, because I want those things for myself. And it's mm-hmm. like, what other skills am I capable of that I can explore and do that main hustle with and still do this acting thing? Because then I think it ultimately will build on that acting thing by exploring the other things you are capable that's of. True. And that's why I, lo- I look up to you because you double majored in Hispanic studies and mm-hmm. <laughs> you speak two languages and you explore other fa- three languages, not two languages, yes. three like <laughs> duh. And you explore all these other parts of yourself with this curiosity. And I just remember you doing your homework in college and people would be partying downstairs or whatever, but you're like, I have this 15 page paper to write on his <laughs> studies and you wanted to do it. Uh, right. Because I feel like when we were in college, there are, are some people who would just do the assignment to do the assignment, but I would always love doing homework with you because mm-hmm. you did the assignment because there was something in that assignment that you believe to be mm-hmm. valuable knowledge wise for you. And I loved right. being around people who not only are curious, but want to educate themselves and also come at things with a beginner's mentality. You know, I think yeah. it's so easy to have ego in this business. Like I have four years of training. I have, I've done mm-hmm. this job, this job, and this job. None of that matters. I mean, the thing that I've been coming across is that you can be a doctor and study for like eight years and then get, you know, a claim and get a job. But you can be an actor for eight years and next month you could be unemployed. So it's just one of those careers that you have to do if, if you feel like you have to do it. And you can't recreate the human experience if you're not out there living it too outside of your art Hmm. period 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 (laughs) (laughs) well janessa do you have any last minute thoughts in your brain before we close out this podcast Uh, i think i just said it (laughs) (laughs) you're like i'm done (laughs) you gotta live a life in order to act out a life it's true keep living don't stop living (laughs) (laughs) Don't stop living, man. Oh, man. Oh, bro. That's one of Derek and I's inside jokes. We act like fat bros. There are are levels. There's a whole library of jokes that we have inside jokes. I don't think that the public would understand. No, they wouldn't. Our specific dialogue together. Well, thank you, listeners, for listening. Um, And, yeah, thank you, Janessa, so much for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. I needed this too in ways that I didn't even know. Bye, listeners. People are talking, talking about people. I hear them whisper 
you won't believe it They think we're lovers, kept under covers I'll just ignore it But they keep saying we laugh just a little too loud We stand just a little too close We stare just a little too long Maybe they're seeing something that we aren't, darling Let's give them something to talk about Let's give them something to talk about Let's give them something to talk about How about love? I feel so foolish I never noticed You'd act so nervous Could you be falling for me? It took a rumor to make me wonder Now I'm convinced I'm going under Thinking about you every day Dreaming about you every night I'm hoping that you feel the same way Let's really show it, darling Let's give them something to talk about Let's give them something to talk about Let's give them something to talk about How about love? Let's give them something to talk about a little mystery to figure out Let's give them something to talk about Talk about love How about love?